Hello. Hi, John. Oh, hello, Merlin. How's it going? <sighs> well, it's early. Mm. When'd you get up? Yeah. Oh, I got up a couple of hours ago because of uh, this whole mm-hmm. uh, daughter thing. Situation, yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um, then I whew, looked at the internet. I muted a guy and uh, posted uh, something on Instagram. You know, it did the important work of the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got to get connected. You got you to gotta stay connected. It's Cyber Monday, Marlon. Oh, God, you're right. I need yeah. to sign up my cards. Yeah, I know Cyber Monday, uh, Cyber, but yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, I muted a guy. He didn't even really do that. He didn't really do do anything bad. He just, uh, he just, uh, he included me. Mm-hmm. He at included me on a tweet that wasn't uh, meant for me. It was, uh, or or no, it was definitely meant for me. But mm-hmm. but it was, uh, you know, it was just like a mild criticism of me. Mm-hmm. That's and enough. Like, That's plenty. <laughs> I like, yeah. I was like, he knows what he muted. did. <laughs> muted. Yeah. Yeah, it felt it felt good. Oh, felt good. God, it well, feels, you know what it was? Yeah. It was pray. He gave me. He started out with a little praise, mm-hmm. and then he came in with the with little criticism, just to, just to get a wake up, a little bit of a wake up criticism. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, ah, it's gonna feel good. Cyber Monday, Cyber Monday. I'm gonna mute this guy. He'll never know. Merlin. He'll never know he was muted. He's probably sending me. He's probably tweeting at me right now. Mm-hmm. I'll never know. He'll never know. Boy, I got a lot, I got a lot to say. I'm not going to say it, but I got a lot to say. Mm. You know what? Save it, Merlin. This or, no, I'm saying say it. Don't save it. I'll save it for the show. I'll save it no, for the show. You know what? This is a safe space. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, here's part of the problem. Here's part of the problem is that everybody uses social media differently. Hmm. And I, I think that's it almost all comes down to that. Yeah. Go on. Well. You all use it differently. Here's the thing. I don't think I've, if I've done this, I haven't done this in at least probably eight years mm-hmm. is to create what, what some people call a Twitter canoe. <laughs> Who calls it that? Well, I've never a, heard that. Phrase. That's a term from back in the day when at responses first became a thing and, and people would start creating, uh, you say, you, uh, you say, is anybody else having a problem with iCloud syncing? Uh-huh. At person, at person, at person, at person, at person, at person, at person. Oh no, they wouldn't at people. Some dumb thing like that. Because then you get dragged into a canoe, and and now now you're paddling along, even though you never asked to be in the canoe. <laughs> they have these on Facebook. I see all the time. People send out a a message. Well, okay, so let's 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 uh, talk about particulars because you asked. Um, okay. Yes, I do not. I, I, for the longest time, I just feel like there's a difference between the human being and the Twitter handle for a variety of reasons. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I'm not sure that that's true for everybody because there are a lot of people who think the handle is the person or more than the person. Oh, so the they would, is they the would never think of using someone's name if you could use their handle, especially if you're trying to hail them. Uh-huh. To me, when you use someone's Twitter handle, you're asking them to participate or respond. Sure. Hail. Yeah. So I will. I and I'm not a fan of that whole like that that like if you ever go and look at all the other people like regular normal people's Twitter, it's all Uh hashtags and handles, and it's Uh and it's just like this soup of like blah because they're there for the medium uh, qua medium. Hashtags and and handles would be a great uh, '70s Disney film (laughs) stuff. (laughs) 
<laughs> would it have Angela Lansbury? I hope it would. Oh, hashtags and handles and Twitter canoeing. <laughs> Please just answer me. What the fuck are you doing? Uh, I don't like to do that because that's not how I use it. That is how other people use it. That doesn't make any of that good or bad, but it is different. Now, can I ask Please, you yes, you there. <clears throat> what would your life have been like differently if your Twitter handle was at Merlin Man? I'll, answer, like your, I'll answer your question with an anecdote. Okay. And this is a this is a twice told tale that I'll do very quickly. But I was one of when it was TWTTR, and it was SMS messages only. I was one. Of, I was one of the very first users outside of the people in that building. Mm-hmm. And it was a SMS only service, and it had very limited functionality. And it was intended to be just this way to like send little things to your friends, like had a great tie lunch, good run. That hey, everybody, I'm on my way to the grocery store. Hey. And uh, <laughs> to quote Dwight Schrute, did you send me an SMS text message? I'd wake up in the morning, do 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 and, uh-huh. and I got this surfeit of uh, blah, blah, blah. Ah, uh, surfeit of blah. Sent to at Merlin Man. And um, cut a long story, very short. I uh, emailed uh, Jack and Biz and of and all the people and i sent a blast i put them on blast and i said <laughs> go 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 please take me off of this service at your earliest convenience wow. this is no way to live um <laughs> and then because it, it was blowing up your phone at the time yeah yeah well and i was just like you know at the time of course i was that guy and i was like oh god be careful what inboxes you invite into your life and this was a very low value uh inbox over which i had very little control and well, I don't know how much you, you know about me. You were talking to people on your shoe at the time. <laughs> that was Merlin Man, yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. um, but I, I'm pretty um, picky about the inboxes, especially the inboxes that I don't have a lot of control over. Like, right. I don't, I don't love being all all these mailing lists from my kids' school, but I guess I gotta be. I gotta mm. find out where they're selling brownies today or whatever. Or, mm. But you know, there's the, I have enough inboxes I already don't want. Um, so anyway, at that point, I think that freed my original at Merlin man username into the wild. When I decided to pick it up again, circa whatever, February, 2007, that name was taken. Uh, uh, by whom? I don't know. A different one. Mm-hmm. Well, I've learned since then to deactivate rather than abandon. So you don't have that kind of thing, but anyhow, and I needed a name. So I used a, an old, uh, old name from a book I like that I've used on other services. And that's to answer your question. I'm not, I wonder how different it would have been. Oh, my valve. Oh, my pyloric valve. <laughs> you, you <laughs> that's such a good book. I don't think yeah. my kid would appreciate it. Uh, but man, so I don't know how it would be different, but I kind of like the idea of having a handle. That's not my name. And I mean, if you go and you, not that you should do this, but if you go and you look at my, um, my stupid Twitter profile page, like I, uh, I like changing my bio. I change my bio often Mm -hmm. and uh, I like changing my, um, my background. I never change my handle. I never change my name. I never change my picture. It's always, always the same. It's still, it's still green from uh, your solidarity with Arab Spring. Well, I mean, read a book. It's about Tehran. We freed Tehran (laughs) with our tinting. 
Read a book. <laughs> um, I don't know, but to, but like to that point, all, all I'm saying is, and I'm not trying to criticize anybody, but like when you think about like the value of something like like muting, it depends on how you use it. You know how I use it? I I mm. use it to publish funny bits and to occasionally talk to my friends. Yeah, and, I, and yep. I don't need to be in a canoe. And I also do a thing that I think some people find very bewildering, which is when I do choose to respond to somebody who's made a little canoe, a baby canoe, mm-hmm. I unclick all the people that I think don't need to be in that response, which oh, they don't, nice. which they don't make easy. Yeah, because I don't want to get into a whole thing, especially if let's just say a person who's been included, we'll, we'll call it like a Gilligan's Island raft, like a little canoe. Yeah. Especially if I know somebody who's included in that canoe is somebody who likes to toss and tussle and go back oh, yeah. and forth. Because yeah, now, now I'm involved. Yeah. <clears throat> and I don't, I don't, I, I'll, I'll, if somebody has a question and it's a good question, that's a perfect place to ask it. And I'm happy to answer. If I have an answer that makes sense in the number of characters, you know, wh- yeah. why, why have you chosen not to use this productivity app is not a thing that I'm going to respond to because that's, it's uh, what, what the fuck does that even mean? I got uh, into a Twitter, uh, some, some guy, some famous guy a long time ago, took me on, on Twitter about some shit and, uh, started a fight with me. And then a bunch of other people climbed into the canoe that, <laughs> that did, you know, that were just like, I don't know. They're just people that are standing around. And this guy, you know, this guy wanted to start a fight. And so a bunch of people were like, yeah, let me get in that canoe and, and get in that fight. And then after a while, it's all full of people and it's, you know, blowing up his inbox or whatever. And he says, um, take me off of this thread. <laughs> and so I made a super duper point to include him in mm-hmm. every single tweet that had anything to do with this bullshit uh, fight that he'd started until he was screaming into the void, take me off this thread. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you will get taken off this thread with your cold, dead handle. You brought a hashtag to a handle fight. That's right. <laughs> Do you remember when when I was first starting the Long Winters, before it was even the Long Winters, I was talking to John Vanderslice, the great John Vanderslice mm-hmm. of San Francisco, California. Yeah. And I said, maybe I should just call the band John Roderick. What if I just call it John Roderick? It's all my songs. It's all... You know, let's call it John Roderick, the the John Roderick band or whatever. Just good solo. I'm a solo artist. Mm-hmm. And Vanderslice said, "Don't do it." My biggest regret is that I, when I went solo, I didn't have a band name. Mm-hmm. Because he, first, he was in MK Ultra. He was in MK Ultra, and then he was like, "I'm John Vanderslice," mm-hmm. and he said, "Everything is more difficult." If your brand and your and the product and the company are all the same as your name, hmm. because everything's on you in that yeah. case, you, and you don't, also you don't, you don't really get a second act. Like you're that, right. that's that's what your thing is now. That's your thing, but also everybody that's working for you. There's no feel. They don't have any ownership. They don't feel like I'm in the long winters or I'm in. Uh, REM. Mm-hmm. They're they're they think, they're in they're a side as they say a side man now. Yeah, I'm in John Vanderslice. You can't <laughs> be in John. You don't want to be. Well, yeah. Mean, no. So anyway, and I took that I took that to heart. You mm-hmm. know, the it's not like the Long Winters was some band name that I had bouncing around in my head for 15 years. Like 
like artwork for elephants is or artwork by elephants. What was 15 years ago? I was like, why isn't there a band called artwork by elephants? Hmm. I was like, I should have a band called artwork by elephants. Uh, this is, I've already said it more times out loud than I've ever said it before. Although I, I, I've been have, thinking a whole, about I have a whole list years. of, a whole list of band names I want to use someday. Artwork, artwork by elephants. The problem is it That's doesn't really roll up the tongue. It, mm-hmm. It's good, but it's not That's like, never uh, stopped you before. I mean, Bun Bun Family Players, I mean. (laughs) That's a terrible band. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, that's why I called my band John Vanderslice. (laughs) Ha! Thank you. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, I write down my dreams. I write down my band names. I write down lyrics for songs that I might write someday. Pump Kevin, Craig's Fist, Weebelow Badger, Litter Bomb. Weebelow Badger. Yep. Uh, Apostle Paul, P-A-L-L. Abandoned shit, uh, sex dodgeball, it's Dr. Frank Buns. <laughs> a lot of these are 90s band names, though. <laughs> Felch Porridge, the Dunnats. That's, uh, an, eight, that's an 80s band name. <laughs> Fan Service Dog, Lasur Pea Break, uh, Emoji Stain, uh, Band, Obs- <laughs> band Obsolescence. Oh, that's good. <laughs> the Fuck Pants, uh, Proud Gary, Darth Vapor, uh, JFK Hole. <laughs> Oh, no. Freudian slippers, bitch buckets, slot gobbler, Prince sure. Prince, Jack Awful, sure. like the meat, bees, so very many bees, the punch Eric's, bread carpet, fuck bunker, and the opposite mm. of regret. Mm, fuck bunker. <laughs> you know, if you got a band, help yourself. Yeah, a lot of those, a lot of those you can't use. A lot well, of those. How, why the devil you say? Because because they're <laughs> what Darth Vapor? Come on! I'm at that at that point when I I don't know when I wrote that down, but I'm, I'm sure there's a Darth Vapor by now. It's pretty good, Darth Vapor. Proud Gary. <laughs> <laughs> Proud Gary, keep on rolling. JFK hole. Come on! I think about band names all the time, and I I I I, I don't I don't know what your relationship to regret is, but. Uh, but when I think of a good band name, I, it's always in the context of regretting that I didn't name my band that rather than name it The Long Winters. Oh, interesting. Almost, okay. Almost every good idea that I have is always connected to a feeling of regret that I didn't have it earlier. Oh, that is so on brand for you. <laughs> it's really that bad. That is right in your wheelhouse, John. <laughs> and <laughs> it's one of the reasons I don't think that I listen to my own music, because when I listen to it, all I can think of uh, is all the things I would do differently about it. God, it must suck to be in your head. I don't know why. I mean, mm. it's I, I seem fun, right? Don't I seem fun? You've always seem, seemed fun. That's just one of the first fun. things I thought about you is that you were fun. Yeah, this guy seems fun. He seems so fun. Right? Yeah. He seems fun. So fun. <sighs> um, um, regret. Well, mm. I got the opposite of regret here. I still don't know what that is, but I like it. You have the opposite of regret? No, that's one of my band names. Oh, the opposite of regret. Right. Yeah. What is the opposite of regret? Well, you total... have, to, have to check out my SoundCloud to find out. <laughs> you, it's uh, it's total contentment with, with your with your decisions over time. I don't right? know. See, this is Feel the problem: the... is that there's a lot of negative emotions that I think you know when you're a little kid and you're learning, you know, white and black, or you know, up and down, or all the Sesame Street, uh, you know, uh, distinctions. <laughs> okay, yeah. writing that uh-huh. one down. That's pretty right. good. The right, ses- wet and dry. The sesame uh, close and far distinctions. That is good. Uh, it's like that Alan Parker movie. Um, 
is that uh, is the things that we think of, and you know me, you know me in the words, right? Like I'm, I'm a little bit word drunk most of the time. Mm-hmm. I, I like a word with uh, th- that's more precise than the other word. Sure. And I think you know, like they say, well, okay, so what's the cliche? The opposite of love is not hate. The opposite of love is indifference. I think that's a very interesting that that one in particular is a very interesting idea. I think that. I think that a lot of times it's so, this is so fucking. That's X, Y, X axis, Y axis, Z axis. P, P and not P. Yeah. Um, but you know, this is so up my own ass, but like, I really do think this, like that there are so many, um, negative emotions are, are fairly easy to identify because they create a strong em- emotion. Like when you mm-hmm. got a negative feeling and you say, well, I'm fucking mad or like, ah, I'm so, uh, I'm so like, uh, I'm disappointed. I'm anxious. I'm depressed. That is like a, the snap to grid emotional response is mm-hmm. like, you don't always trace your steps from how you got to there and not to be all Anna Karenina, but like happy can feel kind of like normal. Happy can feel like good. But like, I think that the, the negative emotions are so easy to identify that like, there's this ineffable quality to how the path we took to get there. Like what is, what, what is the opposite of regret? Well, the opposite of regret could be six different things. Regret sure. is what where you land. <clears throat> how did you how did you get to regret? You got to regret because these six potentially good outcomes: curious, excited, um, hopeful. Right? There could be so many things. I don't know. That's just my own theory. Well, sure. I mean, the opposite of regret is not noticing anything in that moment. Right? Mm. I mean, just like like the opposite of so many negative emotions is just in some ways not having an an emotional response. Mm-hmm. You, you know, like I think, because- I think I think I do when when my the, I because uh, I'll make this very fast and it's personal, but like you know, I've been taking medication um, to deal with uh, what I thought was anxiety, but I think is actually some depression, and mm-hmm. I fell off it because it was making me nauseated. But like I've had the last couple of days, I haven't felt much at all, and it's been great. Like well, how do you how do you <clears throat> how do you pin that to your bulletin board? Like I, I didn't feel fucked up today. Yeah, that I mean, that's the classic thing that people that are depressed are terrified to hear because the because it's always been characterized, or at least the last twenty years, as like, oh well, the opposite of of uh, your feelings is no feeling, and you're going to lose everything, and you're just going to sit like a zombie and stare out the window. Mm-hmm. That's, that's been the uh, rap for a long time on bipolar disorder. Yeah. Is that you won't be able to make anything, and you won't care, and you'll never have another boner. But yeah, if exactly. you get if you if you get to where you don't feel like you're out of your goddamn mind and people you start losing friends, if you fix that, you will never feel again. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You're 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 a dead you're dead you're dead man walking after that. Yeah. But the reality is a lot of time, a lot of the time, an emotional reaction is not required. Right? I mean, I'm trying to <laughs> Oh, say it, sister. <laughs> I'm just trying Oh my to god, get, yes. to get the peanut butter what on did you the say? bread. An emotional response is not required. It's not required. Oh god, it's, it's all related. It's also related. Yes. And so so what I would rather is get the peanut butter on the bread and listen to the long winters and uh and get my child off to school and choose a shirt. Yeah. And not have every one of them attended by like a butler of sadness. It doesn't all have to have an emotional valence. Right, right. It doesn't. It yeah. doesn't. It, and and for whatever reason, the way I'm wired, everything does. Oh, and, God, yes. And as a result of that, as far as I can tell, everything has gotten turned to uh, to some some version of those the, that little um, 
color wheel of emotion yeah. that's that's all uh, that's all the same temperature or whatever, yes. which is just like, uh, Well, you know, the same nature uh, of a vacuum. I think also like for myself, if I had to uh, peg it, it's also that like w- the left to my own devices, my mind will seek out the negative in many yeah. things. And yes. it basically it will keep running its radar at a hundred percent until it finds the thing that could be negative about this. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And I, which is really at odds with my personality in so many ways and how I think about myself, like my whole life, I've never thought of myself being that way. But if I'm being honest, that's the source of a lot of pain. Is yeah, you that, like, seem fun also. I'm pretty fun. I really yeah. am fun. Yeah. yeah, pretty fun. My family doesn't think so, but I, I think I'm fun. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm good with you're, memes. You're plenty fun. <laughs> oh, thanks, man. <laughs> yeah. Hey. <coughs> this episode of Roderick on the Line is brought to you in part by Squarespace. You can learn more about Squarespace right now by visiting squarespace.com slash supertrain. There are so many things that you can do with Squarespace. You know, for one thing, you can have a podcast. That's what I'm doing. You're, you're using Squarespace right now. Is there anything you can think of to do with Squarespace? Wouldn't you like to have your own little place out there on the internet? Could be a big place. I'm not here to judge. Let's just say there are a lot of things that you can do with Squarespace. You can create a beautiful website to turn your cool idea into your own little home on the web. You can showcase your work. You can have a blog or publish other kinds of content. You can sell products and services of all kinds. You can promote your physical or online business. You could announce an upcoming event or a special project. You know, if you will it, it is no dream. That, that's, that's what they say at Squarespace. Squarespace does all of this by giving you beautiful templates created by world-class designers. They have powerful e-commerce functionality that lets you sell anything online. Get the ability to customize the look and feel, your settings, your products, anything on your Squarespace site with just a few clicks. Everything is optimized for mobile right out of the box. They offer a new way to buy domains where you can choose from over 200 domain name extensions. They have analytics that help you grow in real time and built-in search engine optimization, free and secure hosting, nothing to patch or upgrade ever. And if you ever have any problems at all, they have 24 by 7 award-winning customer support. They're encouraging folks to make it. Get out there, make it your own with Squarespace. So right now, please go. You check out squarespace.com slash supertrain. You get a free trial, okay? Not going to cost you anything. And when you're ready to launch, use the very special offer code SUPERTRAIN, and that will save you 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Once again, you go to squarespace.com slash supertrain. Our thanks to Squarespace for supporting Roderick on the Line and all the great shows. (laughs) 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 You know, I had fun the other night at that music thing, and and what, what, what set it apart in a in a, a really crucial way was that the entire night I'd never once felt like an outsider, right? I never once stood there and said, oh, I wish that I'd made better or more music. I, I didn't feel at any point like, oh, I shouldn't be here. I don't belong in this group. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody's better than me. Um, I didn't even say the thing I normally kind of say when I, when I'm around Dave Matthews, which is like, Oh, if only I had, Uh if only I'd grooved more, you know, like for whatever reason I lucked out that night and I just, I just flew through the evening, just kind of feeling good about every encounter. And I can't account for it because in so many of those types of situations, 
you know, microanalyzing every encounter. Mm-hmm. And instead, Un- unintentionally, you know, I just it's just a it's just a nature. What I'm saying though, is it's not anything where you find yourself saying it's time for me to analyze. Oh no no no! It's something where like you find yourself having begun analyzing. The only encounter I had that that um, that involved any of that, because you know this is the problem I think both with you and me is that that we're that whatever our perceptiveness is, it is tuned. A little bit. It's like a. It's like a, a race car that is tuned, maybe not for reliability, right? The, or, or, the motor maybe, is, or maybe just that the gain is turned up way too much. So like I was you don't, need that, you don't need that signal being that loud. No. It's it's actually distorting rather than uh, helping. Right. Right. It is. It's too. It's too loud, and it's not. It's you need. You need other tones, right? Not mm-hmm. not just gain. You want something mellow. You want something smooth. They call it the volume wanna, wars. You want to be on the. You want to be on the neck pickup, not the bridge pickup. Oh, you know, a lot of men. Are, a lot of men fear the neck pickup. Yeah. Well, it's too. It's too soft. It's too groovy. Yeah. But so I'm downstairs at this event, <clears throat> and the the food is being catered by Jack's Barbecue, which is Seattle's. Uh, there's a guy from Austin named Jack who came up. He bought the old bar on Airport Way called Bogarts, which used to have a Humphrey Bogart theme, and it was a place that you go. Seventies. It was a place you would go drink during the day, mm-hmm. and in fact, the Bun Family players played at Bogart several times, huh. and it was one of those things where they would just clear the tables out, and you'd set up on the on the concrete floor there in the middle of the bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was great, great, great. Lot big, big earner, big earner. Uh, but Jack came in, he turned Bogart's into Jack's, and he just started serving Austin-style barbecue. It's not like in Austin, he would just be one of a, of 100 people that was doing it. But in Seattle, he's the only one doing it. Mm-hmm. And Jack is tall, and he's handsome, and he speaks with an Austin accent. And he's got that friendly kind of like Texas gentleman kind of vibe to him. Mm-hmm. And he only hires southern girls to work as servers, but they're, but they don't, but it doesn't feel like exploitative somehow. You know, it's not, it's not, not like, ho- it's, it's not hootery. No, not at all. It's just like <laughs> regular old Southern girls who talk to you in a drawl and it makes you feel like you're really getting the real McCoy. Well, I have, I was, uh, I went to Jack's really early on. I enjoyed it. I introduced myself as my father would have done. <laughs> and then the next time I came in, I said to Jack, Hey Jack, it's me. And he, in his Texas Southern gentleman way, appeared not to uh, remember me. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I was in here the other day. And he was like, oh, yeah, hey, man, you know. <laughs> and then Counselor. Uh, and then the third time I came in, I, uh, you know, I was like, uh, I was wearing the same hat as the time before. And I was like, Jack. And he was like, oh, yeah, hey. And I was like, no, no, I'm the, remember, I've been in here before. And he was like, oh, yeah, man, hey. And so I continued to go to Jack's. I continued to say hello to Jack. I continued not to be recognized by Jack until a point in time. where And Jack's very smart. He's making millions of dollars there. But I felt like there was something with something with the way that Jack was an enterprising person where he just did not uh, did not recognize people. And that was fine. But then someone, a tech uh, a millionaire, hired me to play his birthday party few years ago. And it was one of those things where I got a message from somebody that was like, Hey, this tech millionaire wants you to play his birthday party. And I was like, Oh, well, this is an opportunity to 
to throw a number out that is like would be like a super duper fuck you because I don't want to play this guy's birthday party, but I'll do it for this amount of money. And he came back and was like, great. Mm. And it was at Jack's barbecue. And so I showed up with a guitar and an amp. I don't know if I told you about this. I don't recall. Tell me again. And so he's a, you know, he's like a, he's a upper, he's wait, upper wait, management. Is this in Austin? No, this is here in Seattle at oh, Jack's damn. Barbecue. Okay. He's upper, upper level at one of these companies that you hear about in the newspapers. Mm-hmm. And he's invited, you know, 50 of his closest friends to come to Jack's Barbecue for his birthday party. And I am the band. And I've been, I've been asked to play for whatever, half hour, 45 minutes. Playing solo? Playing solo. So I start to play. God, how would you not take that gig? Well, because it's awful, but, but, mm, but, you know, but he was, yeah, it's work, right? I start to play, and it's immediately clear that the only person of the 50 people in the room that cares about me or music, and I don't mean my music, I mean music. <laughs> At all, full is, stop. Is the guy. <clears throat> the, the, who, the birthday boy. The birthday boy okay. who stands in front of me singing along with the music and dancing and trying to get his friends to engage. And his friends, who are all other tech people, are all kind of standing around talking and drinking and trying basically doing that thing that I've, any musician has experienced, which is people are trying to talk and you are mm-hmm. making it impossible for them to talk. And honestly, you can't blame them, right? They don't know you and they don't no. like music. So they just want to talk. And the guy, the birthday We've boy, all been in that situation. Yeah. Like, put, put, put differently, and not, this is not reflecting anything on you, but like, you know, you've been in that situation where like, this is an event for people to ha- hang out and be able to talk. Right. And like, the music is making that difficult. Yeah, it's a barbecue restaurant, <clears throat> but he has paid me this this uh this amount of money to play my songs for him and so <laughs> i did the thing that i wouldn't have done before i did i wouldn't have had the guts to do this before but i turned up oh. i turned my amp up and i turned the microphone up until i was giving this man a very loud rock show right at his face and everybody else in the room just had to suffer because, you know, he only asked me to do it for a half an hour or whatever. Uh, and so I just, for a half an hour, I just like scorched earth this situation. And he was, you know, I wasn't trying to punish him. I was trying to give him what he wanted. Yeah. And he was thrilled, you know, because everybody's drunk too. So mm-hmm. he's drunk, they're drunk. And he spent the whole time like, come on, you guys, it's cinnamon. Hey, everybody knows cinnamon. <laughs> and a bunch, you know, a bunch of people are just like, I don't know, man. So I played my thing. But during the course of this event, I interacted with Jack a lot. And this was the point at which I was like, okay, I've met Jack 15 times. Jack never seems to be able to pick me out of a crowd. But now I'm the guy with the guitar that's played in his store. He doesn't have music in there. I've played at Jack's now. I've played for Jack. I've played too loud for Jack. Mm-hmm. He's going to put a name to a face. But then for the two years after that, every time I would see Jack, and Jack's about my age. He's about my height. Every time I'd see him, hey, Jack, it's me. Oh, hey, man. No, I'm the guy that played here. Remember, I played a show here. Oh, yeah. What's up? Hey, there, fella. So anyway, this event at the at the theater 
Jack's Barbecue catered it. And I come downstairs and there's Jack himself, not some, not like five uh, Southern girls, but Jack standing there behind a, behind a ramekin, behind a tray of barbecue. And so I got a plate and I walked up and I was like, Hey Jack, you know, we getting some barbecue. And he was like, yeah, man, you're first in line. And there were a bunch of Southern girls that he had standing there. And they were in the middle of a conversation and, and they all were talking about their name tags. Like, should we have name tags? You know, should we, uh, mm-hmm. should we, you know, then people talk to us and talk to us by name. And Jack said, yeah, I should have a name tag that says Chet on it. Hmm. And then people call me Chet. <clears throat> and I said, Hey Chet, hurry up with the barbecue. And Jack didn't like it. Hmm. He didn't like being told to hurry up with the barbecue, and he didn't like being called Chet. Okay, okay. Now, I was just playing along. Yeah. I was just, I was just, play, I was just playing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But Jack opens the barbecue up, and he gives me one, like, the, the, the small... The small rib at the end of a rack of ribs, you know the small rib? Mm-hmm. The one that's about two and a half inches long? Little, little guy. It's like, like, little, a baby, like a baby toe of ribs. The little end of rib. He gave me a rib hmm. and a slice of brisket. Hmm. Okay. And he did it in a you very... You basically got a barbecue grudge fuck. Yep. Yeah. And he did it in a very southern gentleman kind of way. And this is the thing I think you know about that Southern uh, gentleman. Southern gentleman can never breaks the politeness. Uh -uh. Politeness just gets more and more intense, extremely polite. And so he, he loads it up and, and I was like, I didn't want to say then like, Hey, you know, don't be mad. I was just playing. You said Chad and I was like, you know, you don't want to sit and, like get into it with a guy. Yeah. But so I take my little tray and I kind of move off to the side and the guy behind me walks up with his plate and Jack says, Oh, you're a big fella. Let me heap it on here for you. Uh. In a, in a Southern gentleman kind of politeness, uh, like one last hit on me as I, as I walk away. And so the one thing at this whole event that I felt very, very, very warm and embraced and 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 uh, and be- and loved and beloved was that down in the basement, Jack was there. Jack, the the legendary Jack. Yeah. And now he was mad that I called him Chet. <sighs> and so the whole night, I'm thinking. In the three years I've been trying to get Jack to remember me, is this the now every time I see him, is he going to be like, oh, that's the guy that called me Chet, and I'm going to give him a half a rib? Now he remembers. Now he remembers. Yeah. So, uh, so the so the whole time I thought, well, I'll go down and I'll get seconds. Eventually, everybody's going to be done. <laughs> there's not going to be any. There's not, not a be, fake mustache. He's just going to be standing there, and I'm going to go back up, and I'll be like, Jack, hey, man, it's me. Do you remember I played your thing? Like, go through the whole thing again with Jack mm-hmm. and try to get him back onto onto my team and try and get another little bit of ribs and 
brisket. Because <laughs> you know he brought more than he brought more than he needed. He didn't need to skimp on it. It was a some sort of southern attack. And I never made it back there. Uh. And at the end of the night, I I was like, oh shit, Jack! And I ran downstairs with my paper plate, and he had already packed up and gone. Oh jeez. So now I got this. Now, if I were a less sensitive person, <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't have noticed any of that. <clears throat> right. But I think if I were a less se- sensitive person, I wouldn't have been trying to get Jack to. I wouldn't have been. I wouldn't have been Dave Rodericking Jack for four years. And I maybe wouldn't have made the Chet joke. I wouldn't. Have, I wouldn't have been. You know. I wouldn't have been cutzling up to him in the first place. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, on the other hand, like, how could you have known? How could how you have known? You thought you were playing along. I was playing along. It wasn't. You weren't being mean spirited about it. But I've been playing along this whole time because my sense of a of a southern guy that owns a barbecue restaurant is that he also wants to be glad handed and back slapping and all this kind of yeah you know like hey macaroni and cheese is good today mm-hmm. you know like just sort of uh, just that kind of conviviality that that um, that you would expect if you were a regular at a barbecue place yeah yeah. But I can't develop a grudge against Jack's barbecue because he's the only one that's doing it. Hmm. I can't end up I can't get first of all, I can't get chetted out of there. <laughs> I can't I can't go in and have Jack, you know, whisper to the waitress like, give him the small rib. Wait, now you think he does remember you at this no, point? Oh, I don't well, who knows? I have this is only a couple of You should of weeks. test your theory because you, you like you some barbecue. Go down there, you're saying, and sit down there and, and so so what would you do? Would you go in and say, Hey Jack? Or what, like every time, or would you just sit and be a regular customer? And well, not- if the functional part is you'd like to get you some barbecue. I think you just go in there and be a little bit low key and mm-hmm. see what happens. If he gives you the baby toe rib again, you know you're in Dutch. But well, I bet but- you, I bet you, I here's the thing: what what the evidence has shown us so far is he's not a big rememberer of people. That's right, and I and I, he's running a big be, that might be just there. as memorable to him as every other interaction you've had. No offense. Right. No, I think that's, I think that is hopefully what I'm, hopefully. Or you just what, go in and go, fuck you, Chet. But the problem is, <laughs> the problem is that the, on the sensitivity meter, you know, I'm back, I'm, I'm back on, the, I was on the neck pickup all night long. And then suddenly I flip over to the bridge pickup mm-hmm. and yeah. I'm on, and the thing is I'm on a Telecaster without, without like waxed, I haven't waxed those pickups. And I'm going through like a high gain uh, uh, kind of uh, gain stage situation. I'm playing through a you got triple a, you got a rat and a tube screamer. Yeah, I've got a I've got a rat and tube screamer, and I'm going into a triple rectifier, and all this thing is doing is it's just howling. I can't get any tone out of it. It's just squealing. <laughs> when I get a little rip, <laughs> I'm so sad about my little rip. I, I hate you. Fuck rip. you, Chet. <laughs> Fuck you, Chet. I'm never going to your fucking restaurant again. Yeah. <laughs> This episode of Roderick on the Line is brought to you in part by Away. You can learn more about Away right now by visiting awaytravel.com slash supertrain. Away creates thoughtful products designed to change how you see the world. They started with the perfect suitcase, crafted with features that make travel more seamless. And now they offer a range of essentials that solve real travel problems. So all you have to think about is where you're headed next. Because getting away means getting more out of every trip to come. Away knows that everyone has a different travel style, and that's why they make their carry-on in an array of colors, two sizes, and two materials, a strong yet flexible polycarbonate, and an anodized aluminum. Uh, today I want to talk about the uh, the bag that they call the bigger carry-on, 
because of the uh, away bags we have bought with our own money and our family. This is uh, my uh, most recent acquisition, and I really super like it. Uh, they call it the Bigger Carry-On. So, okay, so this carry-on, it's just sized up to make the most of the overhead bin. It's a lightweight and durable shell that's made to last for a lifetime of travel. You get a 100-day trial to let you try any away product on the road. A limited lifetime warranty means they'll fix or replace your bag if it ever gets damaged. It has a built-in compression pad that helps you pack more in, a range of unique personalization offerings, including hand painting, wow, and four of those 360-degree spinner wheels to guarantee a smooth ride. Listen, once you go with the four spinner wheels, you never go back. Also, you get a TSA-approved combination lock to keep your belongings safe and an optional ejectable battery to keep your phone charged. Also comes with a really cool removable laundry bag to uh, separate dirty clothes from clean ones. Now, I really love this one because I got to tell you something. I talked about this recently on Back to Work, another podcast, but the thing about this larger away bag, you know, I'm, I've become a bit of a checker. I understand if you want to do the bin thing. I mean, that this will work with the overhead bins. I'm a checker because I am also the chief operating officer of our family. I have to bring all of the electricity the electronics, all of the stuff, and I never have to worry about space anymore. Uh, even have room for things to bring home with us. <clears throat> so it's a great gig. You got to go check out these away folks. You know, uh, it's a thoughtfully designed, very durable, you know, features to keep you organized, easy to carry up and downstairs. It's just a delight to use. The away bags are great. Go, you know, and if you have one of those away stores in your town that you can look at, like we're fortunate to have here in San Francisco, you can go check it out for yourself and see what size and features and colors and whatnot all best accommodate you. So right now for $20 off a suitcase, you're going to visit awaytravel.com slash supertrain. And use the promo code SUPERTRAIN during checkout, okay? That's going to get you $20 off. One, one more time, that's awaytravel.com slash SUPERTRAIN, promo code SUPERTRAIN at checkout for $20 off. It, it gets my official okie-dokie. What can I say? I love the Away bag. Our thanks to Away for supporting Roderick on the line and all the great shows. Okay. Wow. That's, you know what? That's good. You know, it's all related. It is all related because it actually all relates to how this entire thing started, which is that we all use life differently and we can all be a little bit sensitive sometimes. Yeah. Well, we all use life differently. That's right. Mm -hmm. You know, what I never do is go online and offer any uh, critique of someone's work or I don't ever, I don't um, say I don't correct people online. You know what I mean? I don't. Oh, I know. I absolutely. I feel exactly the same way. Why would you? Why would you? Well, think- I, I I worry about being misunderstood by my friends, let alone right. by strangers, and so that's why it's particularly perplexing to me on a, like a molecular level. And I, I'm sorry, I'm a broken record about this, but like it's, you know, this is this. Oh God, I got a whole bunch of these. Right. But you know, one is that like okay, so your first interaction with me is going to be a way too familiar joke. Like, mm-hmm. w- sorry, way too familiar, as in you are way being way too familiar with me. Right, and like, it's going to be a joke that's maybe a played bit, and it's going to be a little bit mean-spirited. You know, that's not a great opener. I, I know you think that signals that we're tight, but you just chetted me pretty fucking hard. And it's like, Ouch. okay, uh, yeah, it's, it's funny how you used to like everything. I used to do better. That's funny. You know, there's that. There's the ongoing, the ongoing blight of the fucking bring-your-own-joke response. That's mm-hmm. got to stop. You got to mm-hmm. quit doing that. Mm-hmm. But it's it's also the, like, who said this? Somebody's, uh, this is a cliche also. It's a cliche to say devil's advocate, but, you know, slightly less cliched, but true. is like, who says the devil needs an advocate? Like, do you really, mm. do you really need to come in here and like do this fucking left-handed shit-fingered compliment? 
like, wow, you know, I'm usually not a fan of anything that you do, but you did this one thing that didn't suck so hard. Okay, thank you. So I've got responses. I've got standard responses for these. That I, I have an app called Text Expander that makes it very easy for me to uh, type a couple letters, three letters sometimes, and, and it just fills in the response. Uh, one, one that I picked up from a friend of the show, Max Temkin, is thank you for your message. Oh, thank um, you for your message. That's nice. Thank you for your message is good. Thank um, you for your a, a good one. Um, a good one that a uh, friend of the show, Todd Vaziri, uses is just the word okay. Okay. Um, but that's getting kind of tainted with the okay boomer over. Mm, over could be, could I, be, could be. I also, as you may have, may have seen occasionally, I sometimes just like to say, I just want people to be happy. What people want to toss and they, and they, and they want to have, they want to have a big online pillow fight in the canoe. Sometimes I'll just say, I just want people to be happy. And then I mute the I, thread. Yeah. Cause right, I mute right. all the threads. You should always mute all the threads. <laughs> right. Well, you know, it's, it's not on brand for me to want everybody to be happy. Of course. No, no, I'm, you know. I'm, I'm just, what I'm, what I am saying is, uh, and then I have another one, perhaps my most well-known text expander shortcut that I highly recommend that everyone adopt is I type S-D-I, mm-hmm. and that fills in, sorry, I don't argue on the internet. Oh, I like that. I don't argue on the internet. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Sorry, I don't argue on the internet. Because here's, the- here's some, uh, maybe, like the stuff I used to do, here's the kind of thing I used to say. Fuck you, chat. Here's the kind of thing that I used to say, is that when you argue on the internet, nobody remembers who wins. They just remember that you're an asshole who argues yes. on the internet. That's right. what they remember. Right. Put that well, in your so pipe I- and smoke it, chat. I get, I, so I worry about that a lot. I remember one time before the last election, I don't know, I know we don't like to go back to before no. the last election because can't boy, get it back. Can't get you know, bringing Biden in is not going to change anything. But there was a time there where I felt pretty confident how that election was going to turn out. And I was pretty dismissive of people that didn't uh, come, that didn't feel like uh, the, the president was going to be who I thought the president was going to be. Mm-hmm. And there were people on all sides that had oh, different ideas on about all sides. Yeah, yeah that, 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 different ideas about how it should go and what the crimes that were you know being played out were. And so I remember being on there and just um, and you know people coming at me, coming at me all day because I would say things like, "Well, left, here we left, are, left, right, you know. and center." Am I right? Left, right, and center. Mm-hmm. And I would you know, and I would say, "Well, you know, her emails though, or whatever." And mm-hmm. I would get a bunch of at replies. Uh. And at that point in time, my response was, hey, go fuck yourself. Like, go <laughs> fuck yourself. Here's the, here's the thing. Go uh-huh. fuck yourself. Okay. And, and I, all, you know, I often would phrase it like, uh, I, I, I took a page out of the old Merlin man, and I would say, you think you're better than me? You think you're, you think better, you're, you think you're better than me? You think you're smarter than Is me? Is that what you, you want to do? You want to you do this? Do you want to do yeah. this? And you then I go all ideas? Cyrano. I go all Cyrano. And I'm like, are, yes. you sure, are you sure you want to do this? My nose is rather large. Is this the thing you want to do? I'm going to compose. I'm going to compose an entire poem while I beat your ass in the theater. Yes. Is this a thing? Is this where you really want? I want you to sit and think about your life. <laughs> Is this and, the theater you want to die on? <laughs> and my life. Yeah. And I want you to put those on either side of a scale. And then uh-huh. you tell me if this is what you want to do right now. Are you having a great day? Are you having a great day? <laughs> and I got a tweet mm-hmm. from a middle-aged dude. In really? <laughs> a middle-aged dude. Uh-huh. And he said, Listen, I see what you're trying to do, but you're alienating a lot of young people. Oh, yeah. They and hate I that. Said, they hate being alienated. They do. And I said to this middle-aged dude, hey, go fuck yourself. 
And he said, <laughs> he said, let's hear your <laughs> witty repost. <laughs> yeah. And he said he he got he was really disappointed in me. He, oh, he crossed God. He's not even mad. He's really just no, disappointed. He, yeah. he tisked, tisked, and he said, this isn't how oh, we're going no. to educate an, another new generation. This isn't how we're going Good to you. make the world a better place. Yes. We need the, to. The discourse, you know. Yes. We need the discourse. Yes. And I was like, go fuck yourself. Did fuck I stutter? Yourself. Yeah. And what he, and what he, and then eventually he finally said, you know, I admire you and this is a really bad look. Mm. This like, go fuck yourself look. Mm-hmm. And. I said, go fuck yourself. Yeah. But then later, I reflected upon it, mm-hmm. and I was like, uh, what you just said earlier, which is, nobody remembers who wins. Everybody, the only thing you remember is that that guy's an asshole. Mm-hmm. And I've realized, like, oh, I was just I was just out there just fucking haymakers, mm-hmm. just throwing haymakers at everybody. And for what? What did I accomplish? I didn't fucking Well, change. it used to be less problematic. I mean, because like it was kind of like this is like, I don't know. I, I've i never regarded Twitter as an ephemeral medium. I think most people do. I think the company regards it as that. But like it used to be easier because it was a smaller world. And now today, I mean, look no further than the people who maybe they're using TweetDeck. Maybe they're just doing manual searches. But there are people who are who have the thing that they're pissed off about. That they want to they want to toss about, and they are looking for every thread that says that. Right? Every hashtag uh, her emails though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Could be yeah, it could be anything. But I think there are people who just monitor that stuff all day long. Like if if you have uh, if you have a fetish for ladies uh, who are seat belted into the back seat of the car, you're going to be spending a lot of time on Flickr looking for that. Mm-hmm. If you want if you want to argue about about her emails, like yeah, you're you're gonna you're gonna be there. That's and, what you want, right? Mm-hmm. It's not ephemeral. No, I believe that it's all. I, I, you know, I'm working on an archive all the time. Yeah. I know you are too. You know, the halls and halls. It's my legacy. Halls it's my legacy. Other tweets. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Just wandering those halls. Somebody asked me the other day. They wrote and they were like, "Hey, I want to get a copy of Electric Aphorisms." And I, and I, I, I remembered like, oh right, I, I made a book of tweets. Yeah. Yeah. Like who wants that? Mm-hmm. And it's just, and I realized, oh, it was just they're a completist, or it's just a thing, you know, it's like yeah. a, it's like a fetish item or whatever. But at the time, it really did feel like we got to get these, we got to get these tweets into book form fast. Oh, I know. This is some this is some top shelf content. It's these happening. Tweets. Yeah, 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 yeah. These tweets. Um, I think these it's difficult. These tweets. <laughs> I think it's I think it's difficult. I got it's I've got an interview. Though. I've got an interview this week with um <laughs> why am I saying this? I've Go got ahead. an interview this week with UK Wired about um <laughs> involves, Is there is is there a difference between UK Wired? Do they just put you in, in it? Oh, ah, nailed it. <laughs> what what are they doing over there that's different from over here? Can't there just be know. one wired? Can't like we all a, just get along? It says I'm running an ad blocker and ruining the internet. I don't know. I can't see so many websites. So wait, you're you're talking about inbox zero? Yeah. zero? I'm sorry, I just choked. yeah. No, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, and I'm you know, which is just uh, I'm just so excited to be talking about. Um, it's a legacy platform now, right? Inbox zero. Well, I mean, it's I I just I don't know what I have fresh. I wrote this one 
um, blog post about it now six years ago where mm -hmm. people were asking me about it so much. I'm like, what do you, what, how do I get to inbox zero? Or what about inbox zero? Whatever happened with that? And like, oh, well, don't you hate the way? And it's like, look, I wrote this blog post. Go read the blog post. I don't have anything new to say about this. There's like the idea of somebody going big with a media strategy of explaining why they've been misunderstood for a decade is, as your readers say, not a good look. Mm -hmm. I don't have that much to say about it. I'm not defensive about it. I'm done with it. I've been done with it for a while. And it's only very rarely where I have to say like, okay, how do I balance this? My balance of like, I'd really, I mean, like if you find it useful, that's good. If you read the th actual thing, and you find it useful, that's really good. I don't necessarily want to get real wound up in what I perceive to be the misunderstanding of it because I just, I don't actually care. It's the being asked about it that bugs me. <laughs> the ongoing like, wow, well, what about that? Well, I mean, every once in a while, you have to ask yourself, like if you find out that Ronan Farrow is going to be <laughs> doing an article about you in The New Yorker, you have to think real carefully. It's like being called in by the DOJ. You have to either either totally lie or totally tell the truth and then accept the consequences of each one of those. And so in my case, uh, I sometimes think to myself, well, if somebody's going to do this and it's somebody at that level, I would like to have my say, get a couple, oh, get a couple bonds <clears throat> mought in, and, mm -hmm. uh, and she seems cool. And uh, I sent her, when I responded to her very nice email, I said, okay, well, yeah, sure, happy to talk to you about that. We can schedule it on a day. And just so you know, here's this blog post I wrote, many, uh, well, in, in, not in that many years, but after the Inbox Zero thing, you know, had gotten silly. Um, here's my, this post I wrote about how I feel about this, where I stand with this today. And that's still pretty much how I feel. So that yeah. would be the context for my discussion of this. It's just, you just, you've been through this. I know you've been through this. I know so many of my friends have been through this and forgive me for repeating myself, but, uh, uh, God bless you if you never have this situation, but, you, but in life you encounter these people who have their reasons for wanting to talk to you and they will sit on the phone until you say something that's close enough to what they needed you to say for right. the pull quote that they wanted. Right. And let's put it this way. I, I, you know, if you've been ever been interviewed for an article about a car accident, you know, every, every, every article in every publication usually has a handful of obvious errors and at least one big lie. And that sucks, but that's how it goes. Mm -hmm. It's a tough process, tough gig. You got, you got deadlines. You got to get stuff out. And like, you have to really weigh how much you want a quote from you to be on something that could be a gross perversion of not only what you believe, but you know, what, what you actually said. Yeah. And so, you know, legacy. Mm. This was the this was what was so hard about being uh, uh, in a band back in the day, where the only way that your message got out was if you were interviewed by the local alternative newspaper uh, indie rock reporter, and you hoped that they would write a feature mm -hmm. on you, and then that feature would be such a garbled mess. And their bad writing would reflect on you, right? That's the other thing. If you read an article by somebody and the writing's bad, mm -hmm. it reflects on the person the article. I, to I, to I totally agree. I totally agree. And it's it's also that you know, I mean, I guess things were a little different for you because you did have a you have a friend in Sean that must have helped some. But I've got a friend in Sean. But like, and I, 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 this sounds really unkind, and I don't mean it to be because I have done this too. But when you're scrapping to get noticed as a freelancer or as a writer, um, you, you, you've seen this in pitchfork. You've seen this in local 
music rags where it is really, especially with Pitchfork, this is really so much about this writer and their project and so much less about what they're writing about, whether that's Travis Morrison or John Roderick or whatever, where it's going to be about them getting noticed for this wild article because I've fashioned myself as what Dave Marsh or Hunter S Thompson. And like, I need to get noticed for how wackadoo my article is. And then you just become journalistic cannon fodder. It's right. like, well, you know, you did that and moved to the next project, but I got to fucking live with the bullshit that you said that's not accurate or is, you know, or is misrepresentative or is, is silly or is misspelled. Like, I've, I'm the one who's got to live with that. You just move oh, on to the next thing. Every bad apostrophe hit me like a, like a knife in the gut, mm -hmm. especially when they would quote you and they would use bad grammar in their quotation of you. Yeah. So even the transcription of what you were saying seems illiterate. It make you know if 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 they type the wrong your, it sounds like you don't know, <laughs> dumbass. The right your. It's been enough time that I'm going to tell a very quick an anecdote about John Roderick that Captain Marm's probably heard. But um, one time you were being inter interviewed by someone who was a dingling, mm. and they were doing a bad job at it. And I think Seems at unlikely. one point you said, "Look, let's go ahead and call this an end to the interview. I will write this article for you." And then you will publish it under your name. Is that accurate? <laughs> pretty close. And it's uh it's actually a publication people know of. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty good. It was pretty ended up being a pretty good interview. Uh -oh. uh, <laughs> this episode of Roderick on the Line is brought to you in part by Health IQ. You can learn more about Health IQ right now by visiting healthiq.com slash Super train. Hey, hey, you know what? Do this, do this for me, uh, chief. Go over there and look in the mirror, right? You look pretty good, right? You're doing everything right for your health today, but if you're not planning for the what ifs of tomorrow, then it's time that you do. The problem is historically and rather ironically, the health conscious have overpaid and subsidized those who are less, less health conscious. So it's not a conspiracy. It's just how life insurance works. So right now they are introducing health IQ. Health IQ uses science and data to secure lower rates for people like you on their life insurance. So if you're a runner or a cyclist, if you're into CrossFit or another type of athlete, uh, even a committed weekend warrior, maybe you're a vegetarian or vegan, then you deserve to be rewarded for your hard work with more affordable life insurance rates. Health IQ can save you up to 41%, because that's a very specific number, up to 41% because physically active people have significantly lower risks for heart disease, cancer, and diabetes. That's a feather in your cap. And listen, here's the thing. Health IQ is not just a lead generator. They take the customer through the entire process of applying. The policy is underwritten by one of their top insurance partners. But these savings are exclusive to Health IQ. You won't find them anywhere else. And you must qualify to get a special rate. To see if you qualify, you go to healthiq.com slash supertrain and take their proprietary health IQ quiz. Mm -hmm. Depending on your score, as well as other related qualifying factors, you can save up to 41% on your life insurance premiums compared to other providers. Once again, that's healthiq.com slash supertrain. And to let them know we sent you, yeah, go check them out. Yeah, Start the process with their Health IQ quiz. No commitment. And you'll learn even more about potential opportunities to be rewarded for your commitment to living healthy. Say it thrice and it's almost like praying. It's healthiq.com slash supertrain. Our thanks to Health IQ for supporting Roderick on the Line and all the great shows. <laughs> <laughs> if I do say so myself. God, white wines. The boys are just draining the wounds today. Anyway, yeah. you know what? Here's the thing. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how you use the internet. Like, no. You know, if you can't be kind, 
at, at, at least be interesting. Like, be kind, rewind. Be kind, That's rewind. what I say. Like, you I don't, say that. You don't have to be a dick to people. And ask yourself, like, how would you feel if – ask yourself, how would you feel if, God forbid, you were having a bad day or a yes. low day and yes. then a stranger approached you with this nonsense? Wouldn't you be a little bit bummed? Well, now here's a here's a question for you. Yes. Merlin. Yes. Which is mm-hmm. that we uh, offer our opinions of things to the world, to whoever wants to listen to them. No one's required to listen to the opinions of Merlin Mann. That we, know, of, that we know of. Or of John Roderick, as far as we know. There could be no some one, kids who are cutting trail. That's are, right. Are, they they uh, you know, staple on some headphones and say, Here, mm-hmm. here's, here's what you're, you're going to get some learning. Somebody could be locked in the basement of a, of a house in Austria and being forced to listen to Roderick on the line, although I doubt very, <laughs> although I doubt very much that that's true. Meine Freunde. <laughs> let's assume that it's not. Let's assume everyone is listening voluntarily. Okay. They're consuming our opinions. Yeah. Now, this is a world full of opinions. Everybody's got a fucking opinion. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, uh, they all, they've got their opinion and nobody's listening to their program. Mm-hmm. And so they feel like because we're putting a, our opinion out there, that our opinion and their opinion, of course, are equal because, because we live in a democracy. And, uh, you know, that's, that's what democracy means. Yeah, for, is for, that freedom Mer- of speech. <laughs> is that yeah, Merlin's opinion <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and, well, and I Chet's heard your opinion. opinion. Now you need uh, to hear mine. That's right. Me, and and me. and yet we, you're not listening to their program. Well, no. And so and so here we are and we're putting our opinions there and the and the the feeling that people have is that 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 our opinion needs uh, a, a some correction or a corrective. Maybe we didn't read <clears throat> maybe we didn't read uh, all the books that yeah. we should have. Should have read the they, books. They read some other books or, uh, you know, or they, and the thing is, they're very smart. Yeah. Typically, all of them. All of our listeners are smart. We know that. Super, super duper smart. And so they don't have a, they don't have a venue. And so Twitter becomes the venue where they want to say, and it's not, they don't, they're not even wanting to make well, a listen, joke. Listen, while we're on this, just quickly though, just to save my ass here, hashtag not all listeners. Sure, sure. No, 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 Like, no, no, like no. we're talking about a gross minority here and they're very we, gross. Yes, but they are the, they're the ones, you know, but I don't think that they understand that they, that uh, that all this talk that you and I do about our feelings, which we do do some small amount of talk about our feelings. <laughs> yeah. Our feelings are real. This mm. is the Mike Squire this is Mike Squire's feelings, feelings are real. Feelings are real. Mike yeah. this this is Mike Squire's innovation. He came to me one time in the 90s and he grabbed me by the shirt and he said, "John, feelings are real." It's true. It's totally true. And I was like, what? No. And he said, no, they are. They're yeah. real. Feelings are real. And I was like, shut up. Yeah. You deserve unenjoyment. And he said, no, feelings are real. Mm-hmm. And I've been living according to that credo ever since. I don't understand it. The thing is that a lot of things that Mike Squire says uh, are are uh, are like Cohen's. They're like Zen Cohen's. So you might have to really, you might have to think on it and then not think on it. Yes. You let, you let it sit there for a while. You let it air out like a pillow. And then That's one right. day, yeah, 80% of what he says is horseshit, but okay. 20% of it... See, that's how they get you. Yeah. They're like Zen Cohen's, right? Mm-hmm. Where you're like, did Mike Squires mm-hmm. just say something meaningful? I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure. I can't tell because there's ketchup all over his face, and I can't... <laughs> I can't he take was him a seriously. Marine. Oh, sorry. He he is a marine. He is a marine. He is God currently a marine that was just politely asked to leave the marine. Do you think him for his service? Be honest. <laughs> Do I? No. Fuck no. <laughs> he should thank me for his service. <laughs> it was uh-huh. my taxpayer dollars that paid to you know paid oh, him to sit and drink Kerr's light. <laughs> uh huh. The feeling feelings yeah. are real. 
anyway, feelings are real. Yes. And you know, why would you, why would you ever go, uh, why would you ever go to any lengths? Why would you cross the street? Why would you work at all to hurt somebody's feelings for no reason? Mm -hmm. You know, you and I hurt people's feelings sometimes for good reason. Yeah, but like, and just now that we're being full on defensive, and this is Go something on. that goes for lots of things. And I'll tell you, I, let me be honest with you. I have to, I have to remember this all the time because of my own brokenness inside. But when somebody's talking about something in general, there's a very good chance they're not talking about you in particular. Oh, interesting. Go you're, on. you're the one who built that Twitter canoe and jumped into it. You're the one who decided that it needed to be about you. Uh huh. A lot now of the time. Now, is this, does this apply to even when people address you directly? Well, I mean, like, it's, it's, there's so much, it's, it is so strange to me still. And of course, again, I do need to keep this in check for myself. But like, it's, it's like, you just look at, look at how much, and I don't want to say just Twitter. So I'll just say like online social media stuff uh, becomes arguments, arguments, like wars about preference. And like, how do you, how do you get in a war about preference? Like everybody's so mad about Martin Scorsese for not being into Marvel superhero movies. It's like the man who was most lauded for working outside the studio system and wanting to make small films that played against the mainstream of his time. In some right. ways, not, I mean, he's not Jodorowsky, but like he, he was lauded for being an independent guy and for, right. you know, choosing his projects and doing his thing. Well, that same reason we all loved him in the seventies is now why everybody yells at him because you've, you've harmed my feelings because you were not as laudatory as I wanted you to be about fucking superhero movies. Are you kidding me? Like it's, and that's just one example. That's one example. It's not even funny to talk about anymore. But, oh, but like so many of these, these, these daily abattoirs that we walk through, we just move past and go, boy, yeah, I guess we were kind of shitty. Next thing. Ah, <laughs> uh, do you wash your legs? <laughs> <sighs> Who cares if you wash your legs? Well, no, go what vote. Wash your, what's a wash? Your, what's the wash your legs? Oh, is that something to do with peeing in the shower? It's a black Twitter thing, but it's a Twitter, Twitter oh. thing. It's another one of those like butter battle things. Of like, do you wash your legs every time you take a shower? How can you possibly wash your legs every time you take a shower? It's insane. Everybody uses life differently. Yeah. Let's be honest. Apparently. Well. There are really people that every time they're like, I got to watch. Hey, didn't you? you there know, was take, a, take it to the canoe, John. There was an onion, uh, one of those funny little onion ones. Onion, onion is very funny, as you know. The it can onion. be very funny, yes. And uh, the onion said, one of them was like, um, you know, the lower half of your legs content with whatever soapy water dripped down across <laughs> them on the, uh, right. <laughs> once again for the 10,000th day. And I was like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I don't know. Sometimes I look down at my legs and I go, yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Right. I could get down, you know, give you a little scrub too, but like, ah. People can so, be real. People can be very didactic about showers. I think every shower can be, can be a different adventure. Never take the same okay. route if you don't need to. And have a different shower. Every shower is different. Every sperm is sacred. Every shower that I take, I either begins or ends with a bath. Oh, I love that. You know, so it's sometimes not I'll do a bath a before the shower. If I want to do like an apple cider vinegar bath or a lavender bath, and then I'll then I'll do a uh, then I'll do a shower. But yeah, exactly. There's no there's no rule on that. Did you get a no. manual about that? There's no rules. Just right. You ever have an apple you cider vinegar bath? 
know. I'm not sure what I, what, oh, I, what would shit, I be getting dog. out of that. What's well, a, what would that be? Maybe, maybe nothing. It's just a preference. But an apple cider vinegar bath for a man like you who wants to strip away all of his skin and burn his balls, I'm just here to tell you, put like more that. than they tell you, put more than they tell you in, but t- take an apple cider vinegar bath. It's very they've invigorating. Never, they've never told me to put any amount in. So Well, that's, how, that's how they get you. Sure. Yeah. I I uh, <clears throat> I don't... What I want is to is to live in a world where um, where I'm beloved, yeah, appreciated and, where, and appreciated, appreciated, yeah. and where I don't feel uh, where I don't have a negative emotional um, association with almost everything. Mm-hmm. Now, I, there are a lot of people that will uh, that will tell me to yoga. Mm-hmm. Have you tried meditation? Or to to meditation? Yeah, walk, take a walk. Mm-hmm. People will tell me to uh, to meditation and to yoga and to walks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, uh, you know, I, I've also read books about those. I've read the same, not maybe the same books. <laughs> <laughs> You've certainly read a lot of the same magazines. I've read some magazines about. Yeah, it. let's just sure. put it that way. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, and so, uh, you know, so uh, uh, to whatever degree, to whatever degree, uh, that, uh, you know, th- that you are helping me and I am helping you mm-hmm. and by us helping one another, we are helping people. Yeah. Um, that, you know, that's the, that is, if there's anything mm-hmm. that makes me feel like, um, the long winter's music doesn't need to all be re-recorded, and that calling Jack Chet was uh, was a one-way ticket to short ribs, and I don't mean the, <laughs> not, I don't mean the good ones. Pinky ribs. Yeah, you got a one-way ticket. One-way ticket to what? To one pinky rib. One-way ticket to pinky rib. <laughs> Pack I your bag. Feel, you leave tonight. <laughs> I feel like. I feel like uh-huh. you know there 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 is a path somewhere here. The helping the helping uh, uh, plus the money is really its own reward. Money, money is its own reward. Money, well, but the helping is is a reward. But but you put those together, you got to get yourself a stew. You know what I'm saying? Hey, speaking of which, do you uh, do you give your little uh, rugrat an allowance? Not really. We've because gone back and forth, but we we need to get back on that. There are times where I'm just like, I don't want to buy any more mine coins. Give me twenty bucks if you want that. I have decided uh, as of this week that we are going. She's got some chores. She's got a little chore chart. Does, and she, do, does she, she do them? She does. Mm, wow. Uh, because she's motivated by stars, stars on the chore chart. Sure, sure. But I, but I wanted to I wanted to start introducing money into her life. Yes. Because yes. you know when money was introduced into my life, it was a watershed moment. Yep. I was never the same. Yeah. No. No. Once you get a little taste of that, you're always chasing the dragon. <laughs> That's yeah. right. And you know, we always put gold D's under her pillow when she loses a tooth. She's starting <laughs> gold she's, D's? Gold D's. It's a Sacagawea dollar. We call it a gold oh, D. Oh, D's dollars. Yeah. A D D for dollar. Okay. <laughs> uh but and I said to her the other day, I was like, if somebody were to give you five dollars, would you want five gold D's? Would you want five one dollar bills? Would you want uh a five dollar bill? Or would you want 20 quarters. Hmm. <laughs> Trade it for whatever's behind door number two. <laughs> and she, uh, without even hesitating, she said, a $5 bill. Oh. Why, why would I want all those other things? Hmm. I would just want a $5 bill. That would be, okay. that's the 
best way to carry five dollars. Okay. I was like, wow, sophisticated. Yeah. You know, I think I think it wasn't until I, I would I would have wanted it in like nickels. Yeah, it wasn't until I was in my twenties that I didn't want it in the de- denomination that made it look the largest. I want a treasure bath. Yeah. Treasure bath. Yeah. So anyway, I'm so I have introduced the idea of a of an allowance. Mm-hmm. Now we have not yet she has not yet achieved the requisite number of stars on the chore chart to have activated an allowance. Mm-hmm. I, think you're, ha- I think you're smart to start with the stars. I think that's that the, 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 the money will come along, but like that, that is very motivational and it lays the groundwork for saying, here's what happens if we don't do the chores. If we don't do the chores, we don't get as many stars, but also now it doesn't activate the, it, you don't back up the money truck. <laughs> right. No treasure and, bath. No treasure bath. No. And so, so anyway, I wanted to check with you to see if like that, if you had experimented, if you'd gone in, in these, because by t- the time you know, I was eight years old, I was, I was being given money by the time I was. Well, eight. I mean, there's, I think there's a lot of turns out to this just in my own experience, which is that like, you do need to find what motivates somebody, but you know, again, let it begin with me. Why am I doing this? Am I hmm. doing this because I want them to complete chores or am I doing this because I want them to get better at budgeting money? You know what I'm saying? Like, I think before yeah. one dives into to this because you're going to get frustrated and if and if and well when you and the kid get frustrated you have to go back to you know first principles clarice why are we doing this and because again there's just there's so much shit where people like think they're doing the right thing and all they're doing is causing an emotional model and disordered eating you're like don't do right. that right 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 and don't that, give your kid an eating disorder i i definitely do not want to tie this chore chart to an eating disorder It'll have, you got to be careful. You got to be careful. See, a lot of emotional tumult plays out at mealtime. Yes. Right? Yes, it does. And you got um, to be careful. You want to avoid that. We're trying to avoid that. Uh, I do want, I do want only that she grow up healthy and happy and without any of her father's emotions. Uh, I would like her to. to I'm sure she won't pick up any of that. I don't want her to have my sister's emotions either, or my mother's. I would like <laughs> your her mother's to have... Vulcan dearth of emotions. <laughs> I would like her to have some other family. I have emotions. thrown out the baby shoes; they were unnecessary. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know. I don't know where these other emotions live in mm-hmm. other people. I would like her to have some of those. And it seems she's going like to get a nice contrast of emotional uh, disorders based on the distinction between you and her baby mama. You, you guys yes. bring such different things to the to the dinner table. There's a lot going on, right? And, <laughs> yeah. and I would, and I, you know, I also don't want her to feel like emotions aren't real. Emotions are real. They're real. They mm-hmm. are really real. Yeah. And that's what. Uh, so that's what we're working on. And maybe you know, maybe like a lot of, uh, like a lot of people from my, um, from my uh, economic strata and uh, and social class. Yeah. I'm going to just um, tie money to emotion that's you know i get an early start yeah there's no yeah. reason she can't also turn that into an eating disorder see so maybe you could you could weigh her plate when she's done and let her know whether she was bad <laughs> <laughs> no you need those brussels sprouts no d's no d's for no you no d's no stars no and stars, stars, no stars turn into d's and d's turn into love <laughs> Daddy only loves you when you eat or don't eat.